1: I don't care what they might say, we love Jesus anyway. No matter how bad you mess up, the glory and the beauty of God and His mercy and grace is that He will always come back and redeem you. And that's what we're seeing here in the book of Judges. We're considering Gideon once again today on Way of Grace. Grace Bible Church right here in Hayward. Hi there, and welcome to Way of Grace with our teacher and pastor, Jessica Stan. We're back looking once again at Gideon, a message called Thou Mighty Man of Valor. We're in Judges chapter 6, verses 1 through 21 this week. We're looking at the messengers today who were sent to prepare for recovery. The Israelites have fallen by the wayside. They've rejected God. God has rejected them, but he is about to restore them. So let's explore that together and the mercy of God. Here's Pastor Jesse with today's broadcast.
2: Look at verse four. Habakkuk 1, 4. Therefore, the law is slack and judgment doth never go forth. For the wicked doth compass about the righteous. Therefore, wrong judgment proceeds. This is what God is demonstrating in our text. Now, let's look at point number two briefly. The messengers sent to prepare for recovery. Go back to our text. Right. Now, if you are a sensitive Christian listening with a careful ear, what you should know by now is the rhythm of relationship that I've told you about that occurs redemptively with the people of God. God is a patient God who brings us into a redemptive blessing. We ride that redemptive blessing out for a while and then in the foolishness of our behavior, we rebel. Is that right? Redemptive. Rebellion and that rebellion leads to you and I now being brought into a kind of uh, crisis to where in that crisis we find ourselves inevitably and ultimately having to cry out to God. We get the blessing of redemption. God prospers us. We act a fool. We gradually side, slide into acts of rebellion. That rebellion leads us into captivity. It leads us into bondage. We lose our joy. We lose our focus. We lose our priority. We lose our influence. We lose our advancement because God is putting us in what we have called for years. What? The takeaway. He's taking away from us and he's taking away from us in order to get us to do what? Call out on God. It's called repentance. It's called repentance. The children of God ought to be used to repenting. You ought to be repenting over your repentance. You ought to be repenting over your repentance for what you're repenting of. You and I used to just should be repenting all the time. Lord, I repent of everything that I think is right because it's probably wrong. And I need you to correct me. Of course, I'm making a caricature out of it because I don't want you to go crazy because John George is not a good place to go to. But you and I need to often be thinking about the assumptions that we make around the way we think. Because where we are not thinking in correspondence with who God is, we are failing to think in terms of reality. And what God has to do when you and I are off the scale of reality is bring a crisis to wake us up to that fact. Am I making some sense? Right? Because we love lying to ourselves and building fabrications of things that don't exist in reality, and God has to crash it. The sooner He crashes your false assumptions, the sooner you can begin to call out a call out on God and he can bring you back to reality. This is where you and I are now in our text. The messengers sent to prepare for what recovery. Look at verse eight. Look at verse eight. Um, Nope. Let me start back at verse seven and this will affirm my point. And it came to pass when the children of Israel cried unto the Lord because of the what Midianites because of the strife. That's what they mean that the Lord sent a prophet unto the children of Israel which said unto them, thus saith the Lord God of Israel, I brought you up from Egypt and I brought you forth out of the house of bondage. Stop right there. Doesn't that sound like daddy? Doesn't that sound like mama? Doesn't that sound like the old people pulling rank on you? That's God. And God has every right to do it. Every time God prepared to deal with correcting Israel, the first thing he did was let them know I brought you out of the house of bondage. You were a slave in Egypt and you had no power to deliver yourself. And I, in my own prerogative, sought you out, brought you out, redeemed you and purchased you for myself. In other words, shout to God, please hear this. The story never gets old. The story never gets old. I'm only saved by the grace of God. He came and got me. I didn't get myself. He opened my eyes to his glory. I wasn't wise enough to know who he was. He delivered me from my sin all by himself. And he purchased me with the blood of the Son of God 2,000 years ago and set me free by the power of his spirit 40 years ago. God owns me lock, stock, and barrel. And I don't get to act like he didn't save me by his grace. You never get tired of daddy telling you that. You never get tired of daddy telling you that. Because the foolish things that you and I are doing when we sin against God is acting like he's not our father, like Christ is not our savior, like the Holy Ghost is not our paraclete, like the word of God is not a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path, like we don't have the spirit of adoption by which we cry, Abba, Father, like we're still slaves in Egypt. Am I making some sense? So before daddy says anything relative to where I am, he has every right to tell me where I was. This is where you were, son. This is where you were in the house of bondage. And I delivered you all by myself. You know how a son or a daughter has to sit there and just listen to mom and daddy say it? I done heard this over and over. I got to sit there and listen to it again. Yes, you do because you wouldn't even be here if it wasn't for them. Your whole DNA, your whole anatomical structure, the whole essence of who you are is a consequence of somebody else's will working to bring you into existence. We call it the grace of the living God. I'm a son of God because God loved me enough in his triune mercy to bring me into redemptive existence. And now I got an answer to him because he owns me as to why I'm acting a fool and don't believe that he still exists. Is that what we are in our text? All right, let's look at it a little bit. Verse 8, the Lord sent a prophet unto the children of Israel, which said unto them, Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, I brought you up from Egypt, brought you forth out of the house of bondage. I delivered you out of the hands of the Egyptians, out of of the hand of all that oppress you. Hallelujah. And drove them out from before you and gave you their land. Woo! Does anybody see what's going on here? These crazy, deluded Hebrew people are in a land that God gave to them. And he only told them to do one thing. Obey him. Look at verse eight. I'm sorry, verse 10. This is our text now. God says, I brought you all the way in. I told you back in Deuteronomy 6 in Deuteronomy 7 in Deuteronomy 4. I said unto you, I am the Lord your God. That is covenant language. That is husbandry language. It means Israel is God's servant slave. It means Israel is his bride. Do you guys understand that? I am the Lord your God. You have no other God besides me. You have no other husband besides me. You have no other savior besides me. What are you doing? Notice what he goes on to say. Do not fear the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But here it is. But you have not what? All right. Very simple message. We're getting ready to move now into the man Gideon. What I want you to do with what we just did for this portion of the presentation of laying out the historiography of the text, because you always want to appreciate the context in the which God is moving. Never not appreciate the context in the which God is moving. Never take a verse or an idea and lift it up out of the text and not understand the history in the which that text is because God is a God of history. He's a God of history. I always want to know the history. I always want to know the backstory. Always. And here's the backstory. When God's going to deliver you, first thing he's going to do is tell you to read your Bible. Right? The word of the Lord is right and all of his works are done in truth. God's going to tell you to remember his precepts. Is he not? He's going to tell you to read his word because the word of the Lord is right. He's going to tell you to remember what he wrote in his covenant stipulations. That's why the preacher is here. The first person God sends is the preacher. What is he doing? Simply reading Torah, laying Torah out to them, reminding them of the covenant contract of their faithful has said God and how they're being called back to him as Torah had said. In other words, this one is simple. Don't ever become what is common today in Christianity, a bibleless Christian. The generation I live in is a generation where people do not read their Bible. I promise you, eight out of ten people who say they know the Lord do not read their Bibles avidly. Seven out of ten people do not enjoy expository preaching and teaching. The average Christian is filled with secularism and worldliness. They know way more about the immediate contemporary things of this world than they do about sound doctrine. They have no interest in deep study of God's word. So much so, they are not even under conviction from day to day that they don't open their Bibles. Ask the generation I live in. I used to live in a time not that long ago when the word of God was something that was a common staple in the community of the people of God. It wasn't that long ago, everybody that walked in the doors of the church had a Bible in their head. It wasn't that long ago. Today we're proud to walk in empty-handed. Where your Bible at? I don't know where it is. Uh, that's a telltale signal that you're not letting God talk to you. That's where we are today. That's where we are today. But may I tell you, God doesn't change. The Lord is the same. If he's going to deliver you, the first thing he's going to do is send his word to you. I... Cause my prophets to rise up, be times, and come to you, Israel, with thus saith the Lord. Over and over again, God would send his prophets, would he not? If God is going to bring about a change in your life or a change in my life, are you ready? He must first break the fallow ground and the stony heart with the hammer of his word and remind you that the grounds upon which you are in the mess that you're in is because of your rebellion against God's word, right? Come on, child of God, think it through. The mess that we're in is not because God is, is too weak to save us. His ear is not heavy that he cannot hear. His arm is not short that he cannot save. It's our sin that is separated between us and our God, Right? And the grounds upon which he has hidden his face is because we hid our face from him. Can I get a witness? Raise your hand and be saved today. You need to start reading more of your Bible. You'd be surprised at what God would say to you. You'd be surprised at what God would say to you. And look, you don't have to sit there and read all day long. Don't start arguing with me about how much you want to read your Bible. Don't start with that with me. Well, how much do you want me to read? You want me to sit there all day long? Yes. Quit your job and just sit there all day long, fast and pray and read and listen to God. And maybe God might do something for you, particularly if you're still lost and think you're saved. Yes. Yes. Read it as long as the Holy Ghost tells you to read it. Some of y'all know what I'm talking about. You pick your Bible up and you read it for one minute. Holy Ghost says, keep reading. No, your lust wants you to get away from reading. The Holy Ghost says, keep reading. And you say, no. And the Holy Ghost says, okay, then it's on you. Whatsoever man sows, that shall he also reap. If you sow to the spirit, you will reap life. If you sow to the flesh, you will reap the flesh. Corruption and death. This is very clear. It's not that hard. Am I making some sense? May God grant his people all across this land a repenting hunger for the word of the living God, a hunger for God's word. May he grant you to understand man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God, doth a man actually live. And the Christian should be the first person demonstrating that in this matter of the reality of God in the church of the living God in our world. So he sends the preacher to remind them that God's not saying anything new. And now we come to the third point in our outline. Let me just flip these two propositions because I've got 30 minutes with you under point number two, the messenger sent to prepare for recovery. It's a historic reprimand under subpoint A, a reproof and reminder. A reproof and a reminder. Does God tell us over and over and over again? Does he not? And then subpoint B, a resolve to defend his glory. So he reproofs us, he corrects us, he admonishes us, and then he resolves to restore his glory. Does he not? All right, so now remember what I told you, I'm going to say it again. So I told you the rhythm of relationship goes like this. God in his redemptive mercy saves you, delivers you, blesses you, all happy and everything, and then you act a fool and rebel against God. Y'all know how that goes. Now, God lets you live in the restrictions and consequences of your rebellion until you do what? Cry out to the Lord. Now, the reason this preacher is here in verse 9, And 10 is because somebody's already crying out. Didn't we learn that in verse six and seven? And then they cried out to the Lord. Y'all got that? Only reason the preacher's there is because somebody's praying, which we could actually reverse engineer that and say this. A lot of our churches do not hear the word of the Lord because they are also not praying churches. Because they are not praying churches, they do not hear the word of the Lord because they cannot endure sound doctrine. Your heart has to be prepared to hear exposition like this. Do you know that? There are some of you now who want to just get up and leave. But the Holy Ghost is keeping you there. And this should be normative worship where the spirit of God is able to speak to the people of God out of his word. Am I making some sense? After all, he's daddy. And daddy can talk to us any kind of way daddy wants to. Is that right? Speak, Lord. Your servant is listening. And if you want to talk all day long, God talk. In fact, Lord, don't stop talking because if you hide your face from us, we are done. We are done. The last thing I want is to not hear the voice of God. The last thing I want is to only hear what I want to hear. And so God has spoken by his word through his prophet. And now comes the angel. I love this part, but this is an absolute unique thing that's about to take place. Do not take it for granted. Verse 11 says, and there came an angel of the Lord and sat under an oak. Which was an opera that pertained to Joash, the Abiezarite, and his son Gideon was threshing weed by the wine press to hide it from the Midianites. Is God turning around or not? Is God turning around? Look, child of God. God has now sent the angel of the Lord. You and I ought to be super excited right here. I am mean, absolutely excited. Last time you saw an angel, holla at me. When was the last time you heard from an angel? Speak to me. When was the last time you had a massive revelation of the immediacy of God's mediatorial glory revealed to your soul, and you knew it was Christ? Talk to me. Talk to me, child of God. Don't act like this is a common, everyday thing. It's not. The Lord has sent Christ into the midst of the situation of the children of Israel as the angel of the Lord. This is huge. Wow, this is huge. I don't know why Pastor Jesse getting all excited. Because your kids are in trouble. Because your grandkids are in trouble. Because your marriages are in trouble. Because your own heart is in trouble. And you need the Lord Jesus to show up. You didn't already heard the word of the Lord. Now you need the Savior to bust right into your mess with a special revelation of his glory and intention to deliver you out. That's what you need, and nothing else will do it. Nothing else will deliver you but the Lord Jesus himself. Nothing else will do it. You didn't read your Bible. You don't care. And God now sends Christ. By the way, what he's doing here is what he did for every one of us, did he not? Didn't we first learn the Bible and didn't have a revelation of his glory? And didn't Christ emerge out of the text as the central redeeming glory of the invisible God? Didn't God make Christ known to our heart? And now we know there is a true and living God. Isn't that how we're saved, child of God? right. The angel of the Lord coming to a brother. Give me 20 more minutes of your time. We're just doing an introduction. Like I told you, Gideon, this brother just doing what he could. He in the midst of a mess. Young man, just barely married. He looking around and all his family is jacked up. They're all engaged in false religion. All of them. And his daddy is leading the group. His daddy's leading the group and here he is longing after the one true and living God. But he's struggling on in the inside because he didn't read Torah and he understood how God delivered Israel over and over and over and over again. But he sees no power. He sees no glory. He sees no reality of the gospel in the life of his family, in the life of his church, in the life of the society. All he sees is captivity, bondage, impoverishment, watch this now, and continued idolatry. Is that a predicament or what? I want you to learn some lessons here. This is how God works with his elect. His elect know this for sure. We can't save anybody. One of the things that the grace of God teaches you is that you and I are not God. We don't have any ability to change anybody else's circumstance, nor our own. When grace is working in your life, what you learn to do is properly assess the event, first and foremost. See, this is called the aletheia. This is called walking in the truth. I ain't trying to change the vision. I'm not going to lie on God. I'm not going to say we are prospering when we're not. I'm not going to say we at the top when we're at the bottom. I'm not going to say we're liberated and free when we're in bondage. I'm not going to be like the Jewish leaders. we be in bondage to no man. I don't even know how they could have opened their mouth and say that when the whole history of Israel is in bondage to all the other nations. That's not how Gideon is acting. Gideon is about to teach you and I something about the school of Christ when he's working humility in you in the midst of a situation when you really don't see anybody else even thinking like you are.
1: And on that note, we will close out today's broadcast of Way of Grace with Pastor Jessica Stand, the ministry of Grace Bible Church right here in Hayward. If you have questions about our broadcast, maybe you would like to spend some time with us worshiping the Lord. We would love to see you. You can get all of that information and reach out to us through our website at grace-bible.com. That's grace-bible.com. Listen to past sermons as well as guest preachers. Again, at our website, grace-bible.com, we'll even let you have any of the notes sermon notes that are available from these sermons as well. Again, there's an awful lot of resource material available at our website, grace-bible.com. If you'd like to reach out to us by phone, our number is 510-886-9782. That's 510-886-9782. Sunday services here at the church are at 1030 Friday evening Bible study is at 630. Tuesday prayer and Bible study again at 630. Directions and information again at our website, grace-bible.com, or by calling 510-886-9782. Would you prayerfully consider partnering with this ministry as we reach out to the Bay Area and the world (laughs) on the World Wide Web? We do so because we are linking arms with other listeners, such as yourself. This is a listener-supported ministry. Your gifts, no matter the size and no matter the volume, are a great help as we continue this ministry called Way of Grace. Consider that as you reach out to us and join us again next time for another broadcast of Way of Grace with Pastor Jesse Gastan.